0: Hi and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you and on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonholm and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Two weeks ago, I preached a message about Mary and Martha. And we looked particularly at the fact that Jesus made room at His feet for Mary. But Mary discerned it and availed herself of the space that He made. And it's an incredible story. So, it's so rich, it's so full. Um, but as well as making space, the Space actually changed her, sitting in that space, occupying that space in His presence. So changed Mary that we see it culminate in the pouring out of an offering of worship before Jesus dies. And it's incredible. You know, in fact, God has a great, history of making space for people. You know, the first temple, and in fact, if you want a title for today, you can call it Making Room 2, Tale of a Temple. Does that sound like a book to you? I reckon it could be. Um, God has a great history of making room for people. You know, when we go back to the Garden of Eden, it's the first temple where God communes with human beings and He makes space for them to walk in the garden with them, to commune with them. And then we see altars and visitations all through the Old Testament where God says, if you build me an altar, I will meet with you there. If you lay your head down, Jacob, and sleep here, I will give you a visitation. As you wrestle with me and lay a hold of me, I'll present myself with you and I'll make space for you, right? Then we see it in the tabernacle that God says, even in the wilderness, you will find me. Even in the wilderness, I'll make space for you. It may be dry, it may be arid. You may be coming out of slavery and you're still thinking like a slave, absolutely. But I will make space for you in the wilderness. God has a great history of making space. Then we see Solomon's temple being built, this incredibly ornate, um, detailed, intricate passion place for people to meet, space made. And I just think it's extraordinary that God has never left us without a way to access Him. And He will never leave you without a way to access Him. He will never stop making space for you. And if you are brand new here today, you need to know that your loving Father in Heaven knew you before you knew Him. And He has made space for you today to be here, to be touched by His presence, to feel maybe new things. Well, the temple itself um, being the primary way that we see in the Old Testament that God made space to meet with people was central. It was a place of interaction between God and people. It was a place of sacrifice to cover sin. And you couldn't be Jewish and worship the Lord without having an intricate and deep relationship with the temple It was everything. The temple in the the, the mind and the psyche of a Jewish person was everything. You couldn't worship God and not have connection with the temple. That actually was the psyche of a Jewish person. There was simply no way you could speak of God without referencing the temple. You couldn't actually, um, if you weren't physically at the temple, you were thinking about the temple. You were actually praying toward the temple the Bible talks about, and Rob can tell you, Robert Pope can tell you a bit about that. He's done a lot of theological study in that area. Um, but it was the place of transaction between heaven and earth. It was the place that sin would be covered. There was hope. In the temple, and it was deeply connected to God. It was not distinct from God, it was deeply connected to how God would presence Himself with His people. So we're about to read a passage this morning which is set at Passover, where we commemorate um, the Exodus, where we commemorate, and again, in the Jewish psyche, the Exodus is everything. It's where God delivered us, rescued us, protected us. And so it's, it's completely predictable that we would see Jesus, a devout Jew, at the temple because He was a man of His times, because He was from the Israeli nation, because He was Jewish and He was acting Jewish. He was at the temple. Let's have a look at the passage, John 2, 13 to 20. And if you don't have your Bible with you, you can check up on the screen. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip, first whip maker in the Bible, and drove out all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He drove the animals out, started a stampede. He scattered the coins and the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my Father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. John writes, after Jesus has been resurrected, everything is looking backward for John. He's, he's, he's reflecting on these events. It's like, yeah, that's right. There's that Scripture. Passion for your house consumes me. That's what that was. The Jews then responded to Him. What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? Jesus answered, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're gonna raise it in three days but the temple He had spoken about was His body. And he was raised from, when He was raised from the dead, His disciples recalled what He had said. They believed the Scripture and the words that Jesus had spoke, right? It's, it's like it's all coming true. Well, this is disorienting, isn't it? We've known Jesus (laughs) as the shepherd of Psalm 23. Who loved that series? Me, you know, He's the good shepherd. He lays us down beside still waters, right? And we've known Him as the loving friend of Mary and Martha two weeks ago. He's so loving. He loves Mary and Martha. And we've known Him as the miracle worker, the guy that fixes eyes and leprosy and legs and He just fixes stuff. (sighs) And yet this scene is disorienting in its passion. It is confronting in its anger. It's disturbing in the strength of Jesus' response. What's going on here? (laughs) Well, it's Passover. People have travelled long and far to be at the temple because the temple is central. You know, some, I can imagine, they had waited, maybe some of them, for many, many years to save up enough money just to get to Jerusalem. Maybe some had prayed, God, I need a touch from You this year. I need to know Your presence. Things have gone really pear-shaped in our family and we need a touch from You, God, I can imagine the mothers of families going to the temple. Mothers, look, I'm not wanting to be sexist here. Maybe it's dads as well, but certainly in our house, the mother packs for the holidays, right? Husband does so many other things, it's not funny, but I do the packing. Sometimes I wonder, is it really worth it? <laughs> like, am I, is the holiday gonna mean just double work for us as parents? Any parents think that? You can only imagine it's like that, going to the temple at Jerusalem. We pack the bags for the little one. We pack the food, travel snacks are everything, by the way, as a mother, you pack the snacks and you'll have a happy journey, all right? <laughs> You time things so you're ceremonially clean and actually able to participate in the temple life. And for a foreigner and a Gentile, that's you and me, by the way, don't think we're in the minority. That is the majority. Um, It is the hope that as an outsider, you will connect with God. And when you're travelling that far. You think at the other end, I can't carry the pigeons with me. That's just going to make for a really weird trip. I can't take the cattle with me. That's going to be really slow. Um, You think at the other end... I'll be able to take my money and change it for the temple tax. I'll be able to take my money and buy a sacrifice. And you know, Israel is the light to the nations. They will provide for that. They will make room for me. They will make a way for me to experience the presence of God at the other end. It'll be taken care of, which is a reasonable assumption. Well, you can imagine a foreign family because... I've got a hair in my mouth, there we go, we're sorted. (laughs) Just keeping it real, guys, keeping it real. Joan and Rick, you can tell Pastor Brad, we kept it real this morning, but very professional as well, right? (laughs) Um, So you can imagine, and you know, I think of the Ethiopian who went to worship at Jerusalem that was reached by Philip, right? And so you can only imagine Ethiopian families or other foreign families would come to the temple And they're wondering, what will we find when we get to the other end? Maybe we're gonna get a touch from God. Maybe the thing that we've been believing for, God is gonna fulfil. Maybe that expression of worship that we've hoped for is gonna be fulfilled. We get to be in the house of God, even as Ethiopians, even as a foreigner, I get to experience the goodness of God. And yet you can imagine the family rolling up. In this scene, after a long, long journey, after kids needing to stop and do a wee along the way every five minutes, anyone had that on a long journey? Mom, I'm busting, would you just stop? And I'm like, again, really? After things going wrong, after the risk, because there's a risk in that kind of journey, that there is bandits along the way, that there is thieves and robbers. After the danger, you can imagine them arriving at the temple courts, the place for them and going instead of space to lay a blanket for the Passover feast, instead of space to stretch their hands and worship Yahweh, instead of the sound of worship and the joy of like-minded worshipers, instead they found moo cows, sheep, lots of them, pigeons everywhere, it stinks. And money changers, not just any money changers, not the kind that wanna serve you and help you worship Yahweh as Israel, the light to the nations ought to have been doing, but no, money changers with perverse priorities. Money changers that wanted to make a game and a sport and profit out of genuine hope-filled worshippers. It's like Israel had been turned on her head and her priorities, her call, her God-given purpose to be a light to the nations had been turned on its head and she had become quite something else. Well, the problem is by the time Jesus arrives at the temple for this Passover, Israel's only concern was Israel, (laughs) right? Israel's concern was Israel and therefore Israel wasn't being Israel because to be Israel, you actually were called by God to care for the Gentiles. You were called by God to look outside of yourself. Your whole purpose for existence, if you were Israel, was others. Your whole purpose in temple life was to be chosen by God to be His light to the nations. The whole purpose, was actually to give your life away. Well, what exactly is the problem here? What would vex Jesus so much? Little Jesus, meek and mild, shepherd Jesus, miracle worker, friend of sinners. What would vex Him so much that He would knit a whip together? Not to whip people, by the way. What would cause Him to cause a stampede in the temple? Well, the key here is John 2.14 and it says, In the temple courts, underline that, if you've got a Bible that you want to underline, he found people selling cattle, sheep, doves and others sitting at the table exchanging money. Well, the temple was highly specific. There was a place for everybody in the temple. There was a place for the priests called the Holy of Holies. There was the outer courts. There was the inner courts. There was a place in God for everybody in the temple. Do you know God has made a place for you? You think you don't belong. Maybe you think the roof is gonna fall down this morning because you arrived. Can I just say God has actually got you covered. He made a place for you before you even knew that you needed a place. Do you know God made a place for me as a six year old with a mum that was worshipping God alone, husband at home. He made a place for me, preparing me for good works. He made a place. Well. The thing is the only place, the only place in the temple that a foreigner was allowed to be in was the outer courts. The only place the Ethiopian family that had travelled all that way was allowed to be was the outer courts. The problem is space was stolen. The problem in this story is not that there's a tape and bookstore in the foyer. The issue is not that we're receiving a building fund. The issue is not anything other than space was stolen from people that had no other place to worship God the place that they should have experienced His presence, the place that they should have come into and felt the weight of their sin roll off their shoulders as the priest roasted that offering, the place that the poor should have found God, the place that the outsider should have been drawn in to the community of God was stolen. The space was stolen. And the heart of God for all people, when it comes to the temple, is that space would be made. This is pre-Christ, by the way. If we think that outsiders and, and all of that, you know, God had outsiders and insiders, this, God made space from the very beginning for every outsider. It says in 2 Chronicles 8, sorry, 6, 32 to 33, in the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you They will come from distant lands when they hear of Your great name and Your strong hand and Your powerful arm and when they pray toward this temple. Then hear from heaven where You live and grant what they ask You. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know You and fear You just as Your own people Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honours Your name." God's nation wasn't fulfilling their purpose. No room was made. A believing nation was robbing foreigners, was robbing Gentiles of the opportunity. They were robbing, not serving. Literally, it says, passion for the house of God in Jesus' heart consumes Him. Israel, what is going on here? Psalm 69, 9, zeal for your house consumes me. Or in the Good News Version, my devotion to your house, O God, because of all that it means for the salvation of the earth, burns in me like a fire. Can I just say to this temple today, God's heart is moving across the earth. Asking the question, who will set apart space for me to reach those who don't yet know me? Who will take what's in their hand and bless it, break it and allow God to multiply it for the feeding of the world in a time of hopelessness? God is asking the question, who will turn their back on lesser things? Who will turn their back on the things that will not count for eternity and actually allow me through you to make space in your home, in your calendar, in your budget? Will you make space? Will you allow God to occupy space for people to encounter Jesus Christ? We may not be Israel, we are new Israel by the way, theologically, but we are a city on a hill. We are a light to the world. It's the same analogy used for Israel. Will we today make space in 21st century Sydney or online in one of the nations that we are reaching? Will we make space for God to reach those that are outside of the reach of his love right now. Can I tell you today, spaces matter. We can say that, well, the house of God's not really a building, it's the people. And I would say to that, well, really it's both, because you are the people of God, and in order to gather, the people of God must have a space wherever that is. Ask any expecting parent. They will tell you space matters. When Andrew and I brought little Oliver home for the first time, you know, unco new parents. (laughs) We'd spent nine months making a space for that child, putting in furniture, putting in beautiful books. We wanted to say to him in every way possible before he could understand English, we love you, you're welcome here. There's a space for you. It matters. It matters in our community what we give space to. Is it gonna be the vaping shop, the brothel, commercial stuff that's gonna harm the generations? Or are we making space for the worship of God to impact the generations? Space matters. When Solomon built the temple, and it's so interesting. It's an arduous read. And on one level, it makes no sense. The measurements and the meticulousness and it's all boring as heck, right? Read it when you're at grind. You, it's enter, The coffee will be entertainment for a boring part of the Bible, sometimes in my estimation. We can strike that from the podcast. <laughs> but really, right? But I'll tell you what, it makes sense when the glory of God fills it. Suddenly the measurements and the meticulousness and the deliberateness makes sense. When the presence of God fills the temple, so much so the Old Testament, let me underscore Old Testament priests couldn't even stand up to do their duties, such is the presence of God. And that isn't even the outpouring of the Holy Spirit time, right? When we built the basement, we wanted to make space because space matters. Space for prayer to carry the church. Space for our college to shape worldviews according to godly values space for our young people and our youth, space for our kids ministry, because space matters. Space matters. We made space at St Andrews because somebody had to occupy a space in the fastest growing lo- local government area in Australia. Someone had to make space. I, I don't wanna go to my grave going, it was like New York. There wasn't a church inside for 15 years when the city was established. Not a word of a lie. Someone needs to hold space. Someone needs to occupy a place for people to encounter God. Someone's heart and faith needs to rise and see what God is doing in our midst. And God will use you to make space because He used the widow's might in the temple. There may be some here and I wanna honour you today and you've given faithfully out of lack There are people here and it's not been an easy journey for you, but you have not forsaken the greater thing. You have not stopped elevating the purposes of God. You have not stopped giving out of your lack and God will honour you and we honour you today. The widows might build the temple, but you know what? Joseph of Arimathea built the temple too. In fact, he built a tomb, purchased a tomb out of his, not lack, but riches. He knew the priority of his life. He knew his wealth was not for nothing. And he purchased a tomb to house the Saviour. And in fact, the tomb he purchased was the place where Jesus rose again from the dead. And the first witness of that resurrection was seen. God will use the widow's might but He will consecrate the businessman or woman whose priorities are heaven's priorities. We are the new Israel. We are grafted in. Their call is our call. We are the new Israel. And I just wanna say, if you're a kingdom business person, God has called you to occupy space. Occupy. If you're a parent, thank you for creating a temple for your children to grow up and know the presence of God in. Thank you for the sacrifice that they may come to the house of God every Sunday because we know sometimes it costs. Thank you for young professionals who from the get go, you've got your head screwed on in God and you've not lost sight of God's priorities. You're beginning the way you intend to end. Someone has to decide they'll occupy a space for the Lord and not fill it with lesser things. If I could have the keys up, that'd be amazing. Right in the middle of this little story, a shift takes place and Jesus makes an extraordinary statement. In fact, He says there's a shift that's about to take place. The place where heaven meets earth is about to shift. The locus of the temple is about to, to shift. He says this and it's pretty confronting. John 2 18 to 19. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Like, prove it. Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. He declares, There is no, there's coming a day and it's literally a hair's breadth away where literally people won't just experience my presence in one location through this body, this temple, a body you have prepared for me, a sacrifice. The temple was about to shift. But the thing is, that's just the beginning. That's just the first domino. The finished work of Jesus Christ was the first domino in the change of the temple because he goes on to say, you are the temple. We are the temple. It says in 1 Peter 2.5, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.17, for God's temple is sacred and you Together, can you underscore together? Together, we as the church are that temple. Your body's a temple. We build buildings because we gather and we must gather as the temple. My house will be called a house of prayer, He says. We're commissioned by God to make space. Make space, make room in Sydney, in the Margaret River region, wherever you are online, in St Andrews, make space. Don't rob space from God. Don't pervert your priorities. Make space. God's given you seed in your hand to make space. It may be the widow's might, but that build the temple. You may be anointed by God. It's a gift. He has given you the ability to make wealth. And He is saying today, would you make space? And I'll bless you to make more space. Well, I've got to tell you the truth. Ultimately, there will be no temple. Have a look at this. There is coming a day when the spaces and places that we get to make here on earth, are no longer required. It's confronting, I know, but there is going to be a new city. A new city is coming. Do you know God isn't building a temple, He's building a city. There is a new city coming. You can read it. Where there's no isolation, no coronavirus, there's no rejection or pushing people to the edges. It's a new city. It's space created that God is creating for people to live in, Forever, forever. Instead, it's gonna be a forever space. And when God in the book of Revelation shows John on the island of Patmos, on a very desolated space, shows John what is to come, John's looking at what God shows him and he's like, there's something missing here, God. Let me read it to you. It says in Revelation 21, 22 to 26. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring this splendour into it. Oh, on no day will its gates ever be shut. No shut gates. The glory and honour of the nations will be brought into it. There's no temple, no church, no youth ministry, no campus, no life group. They're only the things we get to do in this short breath of life that we have now. Because there's coming a day when those things actually won't exist anymore for God Himself will be the temple and our union with Him will be so complete. You won't need a temple. No chaos, no pain, no temple. The city is a temple. God is the temple. No closed gates. And in fact, the dimensions of the city match the Holy of Holies. It's like God has opened the Holy of Holies up to the nations, not the outer courts. He's brought us in to the very centre. But while on earth, we must make room for many to be in that city because the way that city is populated relies on what happens in this short breath. Temples matter now because there won't be a temple in the future. And I wanna populate that great city with as many people That I made space for in this earth. That I saw my finances, my budget, my calendar, my time, my talents, my family as an offering to the Lord. That people may temple in this life so that they may temple in the next, in His presence. Ultimately, everything we do in this short hour culminates in an eternity where there will be no temple our passion for the house of God, our desire, the ordering of our lives according to the greater thing, not the lesser thing. That, that becomes the place where people intersect with the city to come, the presence of God. CT started an incredible missionary said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only what you do will be gold, silver and precious stones. Only what you do for Christ with your finance, with your time, with your family, only that counts. Everything else is wood, hay and rubble, burned up in the fire. Do you know if you're here for the first time or the first time in a long time, that that day is coming when you'll meet the God who made heaven and earth. But do you know He's made room for you here? He's made room for you here. He loves you so much. You know, God's heart is not exclusive. He doesn't push people to the margins. It's so inclusive. It's why Jesus was so mad at the temple. How dare you push people to the edges? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Maybe you're here this morning and you've not known Jesus Christ. Maybe you've come and someone's invited you, but your heart is being stirred that there is a reality beyond what you are experiencing right now. Can I just say what you're feeling is true. Let me confirm it for you. He loves you. He's reaching you. He's stirring your heart this morning. We're going to pray a prayer, inviting Him in. He's just literally, there. Is a we are in a temple right now, a place where heaven and earth are colliding. His presence is here. And we're going to pray a prayer, giving our lives to Him. And if you've never done this or you're gonna do this, you've not done it for a long time, space has grown up, would you pray from your heart? He wants to breathe on it and accept you as His child this morning. Church, let's pray with confidence. Dear Lord Jesus, I give You my heart. I give You my life. Come into my heart, Jesus. Make my heart Your home. Wash me clean. Make me new. I am Yours. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, He loves you. He's heard you and you are His. But I am gonna pray a prayer of blessing over you. I'm just gonna ask you in this moment on the count of three to raise your hand just long enough for me and one trusted leader to see. I just wanna know who I'm praying that general prayer of blessing over. One, two, three. You said yes to him this morning. Would you quickly slip your hand up and I'll see your hand and I'll know who I'm praying for. Is there anyone this morning you need to say yes to Jesus? You want to be with Him on that great day. Is there anybody here? Thank you, I see that hand. Is there anybody else this morning that needs to say yes to Jesus? Thank you. Is there anybody else this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? That day is coming and He has made a way for you. God doesn't send people out of His presence. We make the choice to. This morning, once you come back to Him? once you lift your hand? Before I pray, thank You, God. Thank You, God. Lord, we just declare blessing. You've made a way for us. And Lord, I declare that You love those people, God. Let them sense Your presence in Jesus' Name. For everybody else, would You take the gift card near you, that that card I held up before, that two-part offering card, would You take it in Your hands? Would you hold it? If you're with your spouse, would you hold their hand? I wanna pray over every family and individual in this place that heaven would speak to you this week, that the Spirit of God would align your priorities, that God would so fill you and compel you with the same passion Jesus had to see people come into His presence and that God would speak to you, whether it's the widow's might, whether it's actually God is anointed seed for you to sow in large amount, whatever it is, I will never know. But I do know that the Holy Spirit's moving and speaking to hearts about what He would have you do. Holy Spirit, I thank You that this is a work of Your Spirit. Lord, this Vision Offering 2021, God, is not about the twisting of arms. God, it is not about man's plans, but Holy Spirit, it is about what You wanna do through this house. It is about this temple, this place You wanna intersect with. And Holy Spirit, I pray, blessing, favour. I pray, Holy Spirit, that You would speak to every individual and family about this offering, God. Every person that calls Horizon Home, whether online or at Sutherland, Dunsborough or St Andrews, Holy Spirit, we stand together in unity and we say, passion for Your house consumes us, O God. Use me. Would You lay it on people's hearts, God, how You are calling them to be a part of this. In Jesus' Name and the people of God said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.